come to consider this chapter we read uh, together from Second Chronicles in chapter 34. And we're thinking today of covenant renewal as a promise of obedience. A promise of obedience. At the Queen's coronation, she said, I cannot lead you into battle. I do not give you laws or administer justice. But I can do something else. I can give you my heart and my devotion to these old islands and to all the peoples of our brotherhood of nations. And to a great degree, the Queen was able to fulfill her promise of devotion and commitment to these nations. And we come today to our King to give him a fresh commitment of our heart and our devotion to serve him, to follow him, to love him. Perhaps there are many things that you and I cannot promise Christ our King today. We feel that we could never write a theological book and publish it exalting his glorious person. Perhaps we think today that we could never be a missionary in an Asian island for the next 20 years, spreading the word of Christ. Perhaps it's beyond our abilities to be a lecturer in a theological college, shaping men for future ministry to promote the cause of Christ. There are many things that you and I cannot do. But today, by grace, we can afresh promise our heart and our devotion to Christ in covenant renewal. And so we come to our last study of covenant renewal. We've sought to identify a distinctive emphasis in each of our studies. We noticed the way at the beginning in Joshua 24 that covenant renewal is a formal commitment. It's more than our daily commitment and our daily devotions. It's more than our weekly commitment that we find as we come in corporate worship. It's more than our quarterly commitment as we remember Christ's death at communion. Covenant renewal is a collective, is a public, is a once-off formal commitment of ourselves to our King and Saviour, Jesus Christ, and in our service today, we will engage in that formal commitment. We've noticed that covenant renewal is a response to grace, that we make our promises, we express our devotion and love to our Lord and Savior in response to his grace and commitments and love to us, seen in the reign of King Asa. We have noticed that it is a new beginning, as we saw in the life of King Joash, a fresh start, an opportunity to to put away the the idols and sins which have broken into our life and, and, and perhaps remained there in an unrepentant state. And here's an opportunity for a new beginning in our Christian experience. We noticed last week that Covenant renewal is an act of repentance from the life of Hezekiah as he turned away from his father's 
bad practice and example in shutting the doors of the place of worship. He opened them up again in an act of repentance and fresh commitment. And so we come today recognizing the momentousness of this opportunity and act, but thanking God for it. And we come guided by the, the, the behavior of Joash here to make a promise of obedience. So what are we to promise? And we'll allow verse 31 to guide us in our thoughts and in our intentions as we come to covenant renewal today. What are we to promise? There are three verbs which dominate this 31st verse, which is a, an account of King Joash as he makes covenant renewal to God. To walk. To keep. To perform. To walk. To walk after the Lord. Walking is a common metaphor in life. And within the Christian life we speak about our Christian walk. It's used 13 times in the book of Deuteronomy. And this probably underpins the use of it here in Chronicles. There is this promise to walk. It has the idea of following. The idea of progress. The idea of direction. It includes the idea that we have a Lord. We have an example to follow. We have a personal relationship with the one we are a disciple to. It's a promise that the Lord will be our teacher, will be our guide, will be our leader. We come today reasserting that we will walk after the Lord. His disciples, Christians, Christ ones, that we will aim to think and to do and to speak as he wants us. That in our work and in our rest and in our play, we will follow the Lord. To keep is another verb used. To keep his commandments and testimonies and statutes. And I accept that those three words, commandments and testimonies and statutes, are, are, are synonymous. They're referring to, to the same thing, the, the laws, the requirements that the Lord has of us. But while they are synonymous, they're not redundant. And these terms are, are emphasizing that as we come today, we are seeking, we are desiring, we are longing that, that all God requires of us. We want to fulfill. We aim to fulfill. We're coming with this complete desire to submit wholly to our Lord. And so, so here, Joash is... is expressing that by, by these terms that 
The commandments and the testimonies and the statutes cover all that God requires from us. Perhaps there's not complete overlap between each of the terms. But but this is the point of using the three terms. that, That every requirement of our King and Lord is embraced in the commandments, the testimonies, the statutes. We want to keep in our heads, in our minds, in our memories, God's word, God's requirements spoken to his redeemed people. But we also want to to express that knowledge in our lives and thoughts and words. To walk, to keep And thirdly, in our verse, to perform. This is emphasizing the the action that we we live these out. This word was used first in the Bible, in the first chapter of the Bible, used of of God in in creation. In verse 31 of Genesis chapter 1, God saw everything that he had made. God planned creation. He he thought it out. He imagined it in his infinite mind. But there came that moment when he made what was in his mind. When what was invisible and hidden was tangible and seen. He made what he had purposed and thought. As we come to covenant renewal today, we come with that desire, with that longing that we will perform those laws that we know in our heads and have memorized and have been taught from our youth and we love in our hearts and that we know is the best way. We want it to be visible, to be heard, to be seen, to be lived out, to walk, to keep, to perform. The first vow of our covenant renewal document includes these words, we will submit to the authority of the word and with the help of the Holy Spirit endeavor to obey every commandment of the Lord willingly and joyfully. We're not promising that we will be perfect, but we are asserting that we want to submit ourselves to every statute of our King. The document ends with these important words from Psalm 119. May your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. We make this promise solely on the dependence of the grace of Christ. So what we are to promise. And secondly, how we are to promise. And here we have this crucial statement in the middle of this verse number 31, with all his heart and all his soul. 
And once again, heart and soul can be understood as synonyms for the, the unseen dimension of our beings. It's in his heart, it's, it's in his soul. But, but again, perhaps we're to tease out the fine distinctions which are there. The two different words are used, obviously, for a purpose, heart and soul. Could it be that it's referring to the physical the organ of our heart, the central organ of our being, the heart. We we come here as people who live in a real world, as people who lift hammers and take pencils and hit keyboards. And with our bodies, we're committing ourselves to Christ. And heart represents all that we are physically. And soul is that spiritual dimension that is hidden but real in our beings. All that we are. Heart and soul. Or is it our emotions that's been referred to? The feelings in our hearts. The love. The affection. And with our heart we come. This is not just a a formal thing that we're engaging in. We're we're not just lifting a pen, signing the document. but, But deep down there is this devotion, this love for Christ who has loved us and given himself for us. And the, and the soul, the, the spirit, perhaps referring to our will, to our choices. And both affection and, and, and choice has been brought and laid on the altar today in worship and rededication to our Savior. And you'll notice that in this, this wonderful and well-structured account, verse 29 to 33, that this is a focus that the heart and the soul lies at the essence of what the king is doing here. But a key word in this statement is the word all. And in this section, verse 29 to 33, the word all occurs Ten times. And at the very center of of the usage of this word is the statement in our verse number 31 all his heart and all his soul. That's usage number five and number six out of the ten. So that everything before and everything that comes after is is held together. It's propelled and driven and moving towards this key statement in this covenant account. All his heart and all his soul. The account will go on to mention incredible things, won't it? It will talk about all those in Jerusalem and and in Israel, and it'll talk about verse 33, all the abominations from all the territory being taken away. It will talk at the end of all his days. They did not turn from following the Lord. But, but those are effects of this wholehearted commitment to God. Why are so many thousands, I'm sure millions by now, willing to stand for hours to pay their respects to the Queen? Why are they, heart and soul, 
body and spirit, willing to stand through the night, to give up their beds, time with their family, perhaps taking a day off work. Why are they so willing to do this? Because the queen gave her heart to the people. And in response, the people are giving their heart. As we come today, guided by this account of the king, we come with this wholehearted response to Christ. He has given himself for us. He, the king of heaven, has come down to this earth to ignominy, shame and death. And as we taste his love and remember his love, we respond with love and commitment and dedication. How we are to promise. What we are to promise. And lastly, who is the promise? The leaders are to promise. And we have this in these verses. The king is prominent in this. The, the head over the state. He takes a lead in this covenant renewal. We have here in verse 29 the elders. Those who were in charge of the, the civil laws of the nation. And held their courts in the gates of all the cities. They are here. To commit themselves to the Lord. And the priests and the Levites in verse 30, those over the, the religious duties of the nation are here to commit themselves to the Lord. Here are people in authority. The king, the elders, the priests. They have power. They have rule. They have authority. But they themselves are under the authority of Christ. And they come in submission and honor of his greatness. But the people also sign. The people also are involved in this covenant renewal. Not just the powerful, not just the rich, not just the famous. In verse 30, all the people, both great and small, None too important that they didn't come. None too unimportant that they weren't invited to come. All the people. All in Jerusalem, the text says. All in Israel, verse 33 says. All the inhabitants did according to the covenant of God. On the Nugbracken covenant renewal document, Dated into the, the 19th century, the Reverend William Staveley, its minister and our minister here in the past, signed the document first. In the document that hangs out in the vestibule there, your former minister, late Knox Heinemann, he signed the covenant renewal document first. And so today, Following that practice, I'll sign the covenant renewal document in the congregation first. Then the elders will sign after. Not because we're more important, but as leaders in the church expressing that 
we are under the authority of Christ. And then you, the congregation, will sign. Members and adherents invited to sign this document. And I hope you will be ready and eager and willing and able to sign. You see, in verse number 32, the king, he made all the people sign. He compelled them to submit themselves to the authority of God. Some were probably more willing than others to sign. And this commitment, verse 33 says, lasted all his days. Today we're we're not compelling anyone to sign. We're inviting members and adherents to sign this document. But we are praying that all of you will sign. That you will make this important, fresh, new, spiritual recommitment to Christ our King. In response to his grace, the covenant renewal document says, by his grace, we will submit to his kingship in every aspect of our life. What? What do we promise then? Committing ourselves to Christ, his kingship, nothing more, nothing less. The document states we recognize that all these duties are required of every Christian by virtue of the covenant of grace and that we do not bind ourselves to anything additional to that which is required in the word of God, but we additionally bind ourselves to that which is already our duty. There's enough laws in the Bible without us concocting more. There's no additional laws we bind ourselves to, but we additionally bind ourselves. How? Willingly and joyfully is the language of the document. We've remembered and recognized the four elders who have served in this congregation with all their heart and with all their soul. Now it's our time. Our moment, our opportunity of witness and fellowship and service and work. And here is an occasion where we can collectively and publicly recommit our heart and our soul to Christ our King. I was interested to to notice that Invited to the Queen's funeral tomorrow are are all those living who have been given a Victoria Cross and a George Cross. Those who have performed outstanding service within the military and among civilians. Those who have given their hearts their all, their utmost for their Queen. How great it would be that we were among that number within the church. All his heart, all his soul. Then who, 
minister, elders, deacons, congregants, members, adherents. All of us solemnly, sincerely, willingly, gladly committing ourselves afresh to Christ our King. At our coronation, the Queen said these were frequently quoted and memorable words. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. And we say to our King today that our whole life, whether it be long or short, will be devoted to your service.